Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Hi, hello, welcome to the Inner Growth Podcast. I'm your host, Carolina Salazar, and I'm so grateful you're here today. We are in for a great guest episode, and I am so, 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 so thankful that you're choosing to tune in to Inner Growth as your listen today, and that you are choosing to show up for your own growth, that you're choosing to listen to awesome conversations, and that you are choosing to learn and grow. And that is awesome, and I'm so grateful that you're a part of the Inner Growth family. And if you are listening from Ilana's world, hello and welcome. I am so excited for today's guest conversation. I sat down with Ilana Dunn, who is the host of the Seeing Other People podcast and also just an awesome content creator. We talked all about dating and relationships and specifically growing through those experiences and evolving as a person and therefore having your romantic relationships also evolve. And we really dove into patterns from both of our pasts that we've healed when it comes to romantic relationships, how we were able to move from a pattern of wanting to date someone because you just want someone to like you, you just want to feel liked and wanted, and kind of alchemizing that pattern, changing that pattern to find relationships where you're coming from a place of empowerment. You're coming from a place of, do I like this person? Do I want this person in my life? And really working through that and growing through that. And we talked also about listening to your own truth and staying honest and staying real with what you believe and with what you think is right when you are approaching dating as well. And how to be able to tease apart, you know, other people's advice, other people's inputs, different rules that we hear thrown around around dating and how can you actually stay the truest to who you are and to what you really want and how you want to show up in a way that is authentic to your essence, to your beliefs, to your values. So it was really juicy. It was really awesome. I loved it. I know you're going to love it too. And I would encourage you, if you do like it, to share it on your story and tag both of us. And if you're enjoying the podcast, make sure to leave a review on Apple Podcasts. It literally takes a minute and it's always linked in the description. So you can click the link, go to the Apple Podcasts app and leave the review. It means the world to me to get your feedback or you can leave a rating as well on Spotify. And if you are enjoying the show, make sure to tap the plus button on the top right corner of Apple Podcasts and the bell icon in the top left of Spotify so you can receive a little notification whenever new episodes are up. So with all of that said, I hope you enjoy today's episode. And if you do, make sure to let me know. I will see you on the other side. And with that said, let's get growing. I'm so excited for today's episode. So welcome to the pod. Thank you. I am so excited to be here. Me too. It's just going to be so phenomenal. So before we dive in, can you share your zodiac sign? And if you know your big three, so sun, moon, and rising. I definitely don't know, but I know I'm a Leo. I can give you that. Oh my God. Yes. 
<laughs> I, I definitely get the Leo energy. Okay. okay. I, I've heard that, that before. I've it. heard that. Woo. Yes. I love it. You have to find out your moon and rising at some should point. I, should I Google right now? But if you don't know your birth time, you can't. I do. Oh, you do? I do. Yeah. Oh so God. what do I yeah. Google? Like, what's my big three? <laughs> I'll do it for you. Okay, great. Okay. We're going to do a live, little live <laughs> chart reading for you. I'm excited to learn about myself. Yeah, it's so powerful. I'm surprised that because of the dating, like in the dating world that you don't know. It's it's never been my thing. I totally like support my friends and listeners who uh-huh. are super into astrology. But for me, it's like, I don't want to say a little too woo-woo, but I don't know. It, it may be a little too woo-woo. Maybe but I'm a little also bit. like, I'm down to learn. I'm down to grow. Okay. That's what we're amazing. Here for. amazing. I love that. Learner's mindset. Okay. Yeah. What's your birthday? August or July? Leo? August 16th, 1994 at 1241 AM. August 16th, 1994. Yep. At 12? 1241 AM. 1241 in New York? In Valhalla, New York. Okay. You are a Gemini rising and a Sagittarius moon. Very what does that cool. that say about me? Okay, so you have I'm a lot nervous. of- nervous. You have a lot of air and a lot of fire in your chart. So I totally get that vibe from you, which is very just like outgoing, bubbly, like conversations. Like the fact that like your podcast is your like biggest thing is also very air. Like air energy is about conversation, sharing, learning, and just learning from different perspectives. And then with your Gemini rising too, I feel like that just like makes so much sense to me that you have a dating podcast because Gemini energy is light. It's lighthearted. It's funny, but it's also just like all about relating to other people. And then the Sagittarius moon in the seventh house, do you like to like travel a lot or like, do you always feel like you're like, oh, what's next? Like, or if you're always planning the next trip with like your boyfriend or any friends, things like that. I do feel like that, but I also feel like Oh my, then I do that. And then I'm like, oh my God, I'm doing way too much. And I want to just like sit here and do nothing. And then you kind of like miss your immediate environment, like your little home, like neighborhood, because like Gemini is about like your local environment and like being in your neighborhood, surrounding yourself with people that, you know, like bumping into people on the street kind of energy. And then Sagittarius, which is your moon is about like, like, I want to see the world. I want to explore. I want to be free floating kind of and learning but it's more so in your relationship house. So I feel like wanting to have philosophical, deep conversations with people or appreciating people who bring that energy, like that deeper, more reflective energy would be something I would guess like would mm-hmm. activate your moon a little bit or feeling I mean, safe yeah, when it you does, have those It does sound like me. <laughs> oh my God, love it. Okay, amazing. There you go. A little mini reading to start off the episode. Can you share a little bit about yourself as we just dive into anyone listening who doesn't follow you already. Yeah. So as you mentioned, I host the podcast, seeing other people. It's really, I started it in January of 2021 to help people feel less alone and more empowered in their dating lives. Um, Prior to that, I was working at Hinge. I ran their socials for a little over two years and I just realized how isolated everyone feels in dating. We all feel like there's something wrong with us. If we're not meeting our person, we all feel like we open social media and if we're single, but we want a partner, it's like, well, everyone's deserving of love, but I'm not. And if a date doesn't go well, it's like, well, what's wrong with me? And we all feel these things, but we don't talk about them 
which makes us feel so alone. But the truth is like everyone is feeling this way. And so I really wanted to, you know, create this platform and a community where people could actually like share their truth and realize that we're all so much more connected and we're all so much more in this together than we realize. And also that like social media is not everything. It is really only showing people's highlight reels and we are all struggling behind the scenes. So in addition to bringing expert guests on the podcast, I also have normal people, my listeners, my friends come on the show anonymously to actually talk about like their real shit, what they've actually been through and how it's impacted them and what they wish they knew when going through that. And so those episodes are called unfiltered and it's what I do. It's been such an amazing journey and I can't believe we're coming up on the two year anniversary. And I just, I couldn't be happier to be doing what I'm doing. I think you're killing it. I really love that anonymous aspect of the podcast too that you do and like the complimentary energy between like bringing a speaker and something like that, but then also bringing just like real regular people and like getting really vulnerable. And I think the anonymity also helps a little bit because people sometimes get even more vulnerable in that setting. So I think that's just awesome and you're doing amazing. And I just think that you've built a really beautiful community. So I'm excited to talk about dating because as a holistic health coach, something that I'm very aware of is that every single part of our life affects our health and affects our well-being and our ability to just like thrive and live a good, healthy, nourishing life. And for a lot of people, you know, when they could be eating all the kale, doing all the Pilates, like going, you know, and taking great care of their physical health. But if they're struggling in their relationships, if they're feeling really down on themselves through dating or through things like that, or having uncomfortable emotions regarding significant others or just people they're going on dates with, whatever it is, it's going to affect your body. It's going to affect your health too. And it's going to affect your ability to focus on the things that mean the most to you. So it is a huge source of personal growth for people. Yeah, 1000%. There's this TikTok sound that's going viral right now. And it says like, everyone's so quick to tell you how unhealthy McDonald's is, but what about that relationship you're in, McStupid? And it just is so true. Like we, when we think of what's healthy and unhealthy, we think of like what we're putting into our bodies, what we're doing with our bodies. We're not thinking about like the actual relationships we're having, the way we're communicating with ourselves, the way where the situations we're putting ourselves in and like the people that we're choosing to surround ourselves with, especially like in a dating capacity. And trust me, like I have been through it all with my dating life in the past. And like, I literally went from being like the happiest person in the world, never having a morsel of anxiety to like ending up in therapy four times a week with anxiety and depression because of people that I chose to date. And so it really is so important to, you know, make sure you're making decisions that are good for you and realizing when something isn't serving you and and knowing that you deserve more. Yeah, exactly. And I think that that's really, really important and vulnerable as well for you to be sharing. So I kind of want to dive a little bit deeper into that. And maybe we can just start by kind of sharing and we can both share that. But what have been the biggest sources of your growth through these experiences through your dating world? Because I know you bring on a lot of people to talk about their dating lives. But I kind of want to ask you, you know, how has your relationship experiences and dating experiences shaped who you are today or what are some lessons that you've learned from the journey I think for a while I really defined myself by my relationship status like if I was single then I hadn't I I wasn't good that wasn't good enough for me you know I thought for so long that 
I'm not going to be happy until I have a boyfriend. Like there was a time where I literally, like I had my dream job. I was living in the coolest apartment, I think in New York city. Like I had all of these things going for me, but I didn't have a boyfriend. And my whole mindset was if I get a boyfriend, all of my problems will be solved. And that, that was just like, yes, I did get a boyfriend at that time. And guess what? My problems weren't solved. And I think a big learning is like having that mindset. You can't just like want a partner to want a partner. You can't, you know, think that finding somebody is going to fix you, is going to make you whole, is going to make you worthy. Because Mm -hmm. if you're doing that, you're not setting yourself up to be successful. You're putting all of your eggs in that person's basket. And guess what? What happened to me in those situations was when they would break up with me, I would feel like I was left with nothing. I would think now I'm worthless. I would think now I have nothing to offer. Now I, I'm not deserving of love. I'm not deserving of anything that I wanted because this person didn't want to be with me. And I think, you know, we always hear that phrase like, oh, you have to love yourself before you can be loved by someone else. And I have a lot of feelings about that phrase, but I think the big takeaway is that you need to respect yourself before you can be respected by someone else. And if you don't respect yourself, if you don't love yourself, if you don't like yourself, then you're putting all of the weight, you're putting all of your worth with someone else. And you can't do that because chances are it's not going to work out because it's not going to work out until it works out with the person that it works out with. (laughs) And you need to know that if things don't work out, you're going to be okay because you have all of these other things in your life that you love. You have all these things about yourself that you love. And for so long, I was approaching dating the wrong way where my goal, I just, my goal in life was just like, find my person. And I wasn't focused on the other things that made me me and the other things that made me happy. And so when relationships I was in wouldn't work out, I would be at complete rock bottom. And it, in some cases took years to like build myself back up. Yeah. Wow. Thank you for sharing that. I have so many light bulbs going off in my head because one thing you touched on that really, really resonated with me is this feeling of having struggled almost with like codependency in past relationships, but then also having to have this moment where you have to learn that you are whole, you are complete and you are shining by yourself no matter if you're with someone or without someone and once I ended a past relationship through which I had a lot of struggles with codependency and other things too but I had this moment where I came across a course called becoming the one and I always talk about this whenever I mention dating and relationships and what this course really taught me is that you have to become the one you are the one and once you start realizing that if someone else comes into your life, it's like you are already all the light bulbs in the room. The room is already bright. That person's like an extra lamp, an extra light bulb, and it's going to make it brighter, but you are already illuminating it. You're already shining. Or if you're a painting, you're already the colors. You're already the beautiful picture. But if someone comes in, they add new shades to that palette. And so an affirmation that I was saying repeatedly right before I started dating Pedro, my current boyfriend, was I am whole, worthy, and complete, and the love I seek is also seeking me. And 
I think I said it for like seven days and then we went on our first date and I recently told one of my guy friends about this affirmation and I said say it for two weeks just like say it every day or like once a day a few times a day however much you need but just say it and then literally after 14 days he like met a girl and like they like had a fun night and had a good a good time and I just think that rewiring your brain to believe that and to believe that you are whole and worthy and that you don't need that other person to complete you starts shifting a lot. And I think it goes beyond like what you're able to, you know, consciously realize because when I didn't think that I was whole, when I didn't think that I was the one or that I had like my light was shining, I wouldn't even focus on like how I felt about the person. All I could think about was, well, do they like me? And so there were so many guys that I was like, literally crying over. And I never even asked myself, like, what do I like about them? Mm -hmm. Like, do I, Mm -hmm. do I even like this person? And when I finally realized that, like, that was a huge wake up call for me where it's like, why am I defining my worth by these people who I don't even, I can't even out loud, like say that I like them. I just want to be liked by them because that's what I attached my worth to. Yeah. That's, so deep and like so true too and I think for so long I struggled with the same it's just like wanting to be liked wanting to feel that validation from someone else but the root of that being that you're not giving it to yourself right because when that cup is not filled when you're not showing yourself the validation and saying that you're proud of yourself and giving yourself that that love really yeah then you crave it from someone else and for a lot of people it ends up coming through the dating field that you want that person to make you feel that way. Right. Yeah. Yeah. But at the same time, like you need to, you need to know your worth. You need to know that if it doesn't work out with this person, you're going to be okay because you have so much to offer and you need to know that you don't want to just be with somebody who likes you. You want to be with the person who like, you can't imagine being without that's what dating is about. It's not just about finding someone who wants to be with you. And, you know, my friends and I, there have been so many points in our lives where like, we've so badly just wanted to like find our person. We wanted to be with someone and we had to take a step back and and say to each other, like, look, if you want a boyfriend, you can, you can get a boyfriend. There will be somebody out there who wants to date you and who is willing to date you. But is that going to just be the right person for you? Probably not. Like, yeah, it's worth it to go through the process and, wait it out to find the right person and not quote unquote settle. I hate this word settle because people I think use it in so many wrong ways, but not settle for somebody who isn't right for you. Yeah. I'm not saying like settle and like, Oh, they're like not like attractive enough or whatever, but like, no, like you don't want to settle for just somebody who wants to be with you. You want to be with the person who you want to be with. Yes, exactly. And I think something I struggled with as well in the past that kind of relates to this is that when I was younger, like when I first got into college, I had never had a boyfriend in high school. I remember I kind of was a late bloomer. So I was like the girl that was still wearing braces and like in her awkward phase by like junior year of high school. Mm -hmm. And so I didn't really have that like guy action for most of high school. So when I got to college, I was in this mood where like, I want a boyfriend or like, I want someone to want me. Right. And my 
first couple of years of college was very much this like unfilled cup of I need someone else to like me. Also, I was struggling with an eating disorder at that time too. So there was just a lot going on in my own like mental health that I wasn't addressing in the right way. And then I was kind of externalizing this like need for validation and need for someone else to want me at the same time in a context where when you're a freshman, most boys don't want a relationship. So right. it was just this whole ordeal. And then I remember in my like first, I like I ended up kind of seeing this one guy who I wanted to date, but he didn't want to date me. And a pattern that kept happening in my life for a really long time was I wanted to date a guy, the guy didn't want to date me. And then the next person they would kiss or hook up with, they would date. And that was the pattern with you. And that was the pattern. And I was like, what, why is this happening? Like, it must be something about me. Everyone. Yeah. Like, it must just be something about me because if after me, they're like, okay, I'm ready to date the next person. Like there was, there was a very clear pattern there. And so the first person who wanted to date me and who it was like the opposite, it was like, he really wanted to date me. And I felt this like for the first time where, oh my God, like I'm not, maybe I am that girl, the second girl, you know, I'm not, oh, I'm not the one that, oh, he, he saw and he didn't want to date. And then now he wants to date me. Like it was kind of a reverse. And so I was coming from this place of, I want this guy to like me and I finally feel it. So I'm just going to jump into the relationship. And it was my first relationship and I learned a lot from it. But I think coming from that place ended up triggering a lot of these codependency behaviors at the time. And so coming out of that relationship was where I did a lot of this healing of how can I love myself and come from this place of who do I want in my life? right? Like, how am I going to find someone coming from the place of, I love myself so much, I love hanging out by myself. And if someone else is coming into my life that I'm going to spend a lot of time with, I want to make sure that we're brighter together. We are both coming from a place of a full cup and of self-love. So that's kind of my experience. But I think that pattern specifically taught me a lot. And when I did that course that I was mentioning, I reflected a lot on that pattern and like how was I showing up as well and I think self-accountability is huge in relationship is what am I contributing like am I being toxic quote-unquote in any way am I not showing up in the best way how am I contributing because it's really easy to fall to blaming and being like it's all that person's fault that this and this and this is happening but really it's both people's yeah 1000 percent there there are always things that we could be doing better. You know, I think, I think one of the most important things is to realize that it's okay to make mistakes and we all are going to make them. And the only thing you can do is look back and learn from it, like make that decision to learn from it and not make the mistake again. Like there was, I, I kept basically dating the same guy, like in a different font. Like I like to say (laughs) throughout my twenties where they were guys who literally would tell me that they like me, but aren't looking for something serious. And instead of hearing what they were saying, I literally was like selective hearing. I'm like, well, they said they like me. And Maybe they I can like, change the, I don't want something serious part. Every single time I said challenge accepted because they were like, as long as like you're aware of that, like I'm down to keep hanging out. Cause I really like spending time with you. And like, I have fun with you and whatever. And so every time I was like, well, they like me enough to keep hanging out with me. Like I'll just change their mind. And I literally broke my own heart so many times by doing this. And it yeah. got to a point where, you know, this was now 
probably like September of the pandemic. And I obviously like I, I moved home to be with my parents and had just spent a lot of time kind of like on my own. And mm-hmm. I ended up going on like two or three dates with this guy. We had been like talking for like probably a month or two before because pandemic. And mm-hmm. after our like second or third date, I think it was three, he called me or he told me that he was going to be like moving down to Florida for the winter or whatever, but like would would be super down to keep hanging out until then because he had fun with me and liked me, whatever. Um, and he was like, but it's up to you. Like if you're okay with that and basically saying like, I like you, I'm not keeping out, but not looking for anything serious. Same, same old song. Same and, dance. <laughs> and this was the first time where I actually decided to change the narrative and, and break the pattern. And I said to him, I was like, I really like you. And this really sucks. And I, it, it is so hard for me to say this right now, but I have, gotten myself into this situation so many times and have gotten really hurt from it. And I think that if this isn't going anywhere, then it is best to just cut it off. And that was a huge turning point for me. And it felt so good to put myself first and to recognize that, yes, I was hurt in the moment and it sucked, but I was saving myself so much heartache and I was empowering myself. I was literally breaking out of this pattern that I had been in for years. And it just, mm-hmm. it felt really, really good. And I I was genuinely proud of myself. And I was like, okay, like things are going to be different from now on. And yeah. I'm going to hear what people are saying and believe them. I'm not going to put myself in the same situation again. And I'm going to like move forward and, and kind of do things my way. Yeah. And I want to kind of go back to what you were saying about like, like being that good luck Chuck, like everyone like would meet their person after there was this guy who for like two years, maybe three years, like he was truly like one of my best friends. And, but it started as like, we would start, we started like talking every single day and then we would go out and I'd be like, not sure if it was going on dates or not, but then like he would kiss me at the end. And then Mm. sometimes it would be very clear that it was a date, but then other times, like he would tell me about other girls he was going on dates with. And so it was Mm -hmm. this very, very unhealthy situationship that went on for a very long time. And, you know, it would get to a point where like, we'd be like having sleepovers. We'd be hanging out like multiple times a week. And I'd finally say to him, like, so like what's happening here? And he'd be like, Oh, like on, like, I love you, but like, we're not dating. Like we're, I'm not trying to like date anyone, whatever. And, but then like, I, I'd, I'd like cry for a few weeks and then like, we'd go out to dinner again and then he would kiss me again. And I'm like, Oh, so like now you're ready. And he'd be like, no, I'm not. And this, this just kept happening and kept happening. And it was so confusing for me, but well, one day he literally like met this girl and they started dating and it was so hurtful to me because it made me question it's like well why her like what does she have that I don't have like I have literally been like your person like you like you are calling me FaceTime me every single day like I've like helped this guy like write his like grad school applications like all of these things wow. you know yeah and it was so painful for me to see him get into this relationship and for like a year he would like anytime he would like post a picture with her on Instagram like I would literally cry and we kind of stopped talking for a bit because obviously it was like hard for me. And there was a big change where he started venting to me and coming to me about their relationship and about how unhappy he was in it. And that was kind of a big, you know, 
I don't not like red flag, but like it was a big like flag. It was a big light bulb moment of like everything is not as it seems. And it's not like I wanted his relationship to fail, but I think it was really eye opening for me to like to have experienced so much pain from this situation, only to then find out that like it actually was not a good situation. And I think that's something really important. Mm. Like no matter what it looks like, whether it's an ex, whether it's somebody that you have feelings for, whatever it is, like you cannot define like your worth or let like you're allowed to be upset, but like you're not less worthy because they're in a relationship with someone else. You're not yeah. like not lovable because they chose someone else. Like who knows why, who knows what is actually going on behind the scenes. And it can, it it can feel really tough. This happened with another guy I dated too, where we went on two dates. And then a few months later, he posted with this other girl on Instagram. And I, um, I clicked on her name and she was like, best friends with my like best friend's best friend. And I'm like, Oh my God, like he's dating her. And I was like, I called her like hysterically crying. She's like, Oh, Anna, like, I didn't realize that this was the guy, but they have like five years of history. Like, this is not about you. And that was another big like, wake up call mm. to me. where like, the world doesn't revolve around you. <laughs> it really doesn't. And people are going to like do things. And sometimes it has literally nothing to do with you. Yeah. Completely. And I think that's something that is really powerful to realize too. It's like taking that step back and realizing every single person is kind of living in their own narratives and in their own storylines. And sometimes there's other storylines that you don't even know exist or you're not really a part of. And that it's not always just like, oh, it's because of you that they dated the next person or whatever. But they're not always out to get you. People aren't actively, some people might be, but for the most part, every single person that you like is not actively trying to hurt you. Exactly. Exactly. And I also think something I learned from that experience and that pattern of, okay, all these guys seem to date the next girl after me was, I remember I started working with my therapist in the pandemic and she's still my therapist. And from the very beginning, the focus was, I want to improve my relationships, whether it's familial relationships, friendships, romantic relationships. And I kind of told her about this pattern and she asked me, how are you demonstrating commitment in your life? And I started to realize certain ways where I wasn't stepping into the energy of commitment myself. Like, let's say in college, like, even though I wanted a relationship, like the ways I was behaving or like the ways I was talking or get, like the vibes I was giving these guys or just like the way I was acting, like it maybe wasn't demonstrating the commitment that I was really seeking. And so when I started becoming aware of that, I started thinking more clearly and more intentionally about how I was showing up regarding commitment. And so when I started to change that, I feel like that also started to change that pattern. Totally. You know, people ask me all the time, like, why can I only find people who are emotionally unavailable? And it's like, well, what are you putting out? There? Are you emotionally are you, available? Are you, yeah. Or are you, you know, playing all these games? Are you waiting three hours to text them back because they didn't text you back for two hours, maybe because exactly. they were napping or like in a meeting, you net like, and literally this girl yeah. emailed me last week and the subject line was, am I being toxic? And I didn't even have to read it to know that the answer was yes. I did read it. And yes, she absolutely was being toxic by 
you know, wanting to change a picture on her hinge profile to show him that she was still out there and to play hard to get and to be, you know, more like making him chase her. And it's like, if that is how you are behaving, if you are timing everything, if you are like checking, if they're watching your story or checking if they're active on Instagram and not texting you back and then punishing them for that by like waiting to respond, like you're not, you would never do that to a friend. Yeah. You would never behave that way with a friend. And And ultimately your boyfriend or significant other is going to be your best friend. Yeah. And that's like, I always tell people like text them the way you would text your friend, because that's what's natural to you. That's who you are. That's what you do. And like ultimately would be doing with them. And if you are catching yourself playing these games and trying to follow these rules that don't feel native to you, I have very strong feelings about dating rules um, because we're all different and what works for you probably won't work for me because we have different paths. Even though some of our paths are similar in dating, we have different histories and different things have made us who we are and different people have hurt us in different ways. And Mm -hmm. so what works for one person is not going to work for the next person. And you have to do what feels right for you. And this was another big thing I learned because of course, like we all ask our friends for dating advice. We all put screenshots in the group chat and ask how we should respond. And I kept running into situations where what my friends were telling me to do, well, a half the time they wouldn't agree with each other and B whatever they would say felt really unnatural to me and felt really wrong. And so I kept finding myself like asking for advice, but then doing the exact opposite yeah. But I needed to do what felt right for me. And yes, yes for sure. maybe I maybe I got myself into some bad situations a few extra times, but I needed to go through those things to learn at yeah. my own pace and to ultimately get to where I am now. Yeah. And I'm really big on that too. It's like a lot of the times we just have to trace our own path and our own path is teaching us the lessons we're here to learn in this yeah. lifetime. And so I think that that's really great that you touched on that because that's something that I experienced a lot when I was younger too. It's if something's happening in my dating world, I would like reach to my friends or to other people for their input. And sometimes I would ask way too many people. And then I would feel even more confused because I was trying to get advice from every person in my corner. And then that disconnected me from my intuition and disconnected me from what do I want to do? What do I think is right in the situation? And then I would fall to all these little things like, oh my God, he waited a day to answer you wait two days like whatever it is and falling to all these overthinking patterns so I think that that's also interesting to become aware of and to start letting go of that and trusting your own advice a little bit more exactly and I think it's okay to you know come up with guidelines or values of like what you will and won't accept but they have to be yours you know it can't just be like well I saw an influencer post like these rules for dating and that's what I'm going to follow. Like you probably Mm -hmm. have very few things in common with this person in terms of like actual, like your mental health in terms of your past, like heartaches and the things that you need in order to feel good. So I think it's totally okay to say like, okay, if a person does not do X, Y, Z, or if I communicate this thing to them and they respond in X, Y, Z way, like that's not for me. I think that's totally okay. You know, creating your own set of guidelines and basing them off of what you need. Like we yeah. all have needs and we all have needs that we need to be met and having needs is not needy, 
but we all have different needs. And, you know, my boyfriend, Jake, we've almost been together for like two years now. And the day of our first date, it was like four o'clock and he hadn't yet like confirmed that we were going out. And so because there's all this content about like, well, the guy needs to confirm the date by like 11 AM. Like, I don't believe in that, but I got in my head and I texted two of my friends and I was like, one was a guy and one was a girl. And I was like, Oh, like I haven't heard from him. Like, I think I'm going to text him. And they were like both immediately like, Oh, Anna, absolutely not. Like that. Do not do that. Don't you dare. And like the girl was like, Nope, if he didn't confirm by like 11, the date is off. And the guy was like, Alana, are you seriously like thinking the state's happening? Like you're 1000% going to get stood up. This is so embarrassing for you. Like, let it go. You're never going to hear from him. You're never going to see him. And I literally was like, what if he is having a stressful day at work? Like, why can't I just text him? And they're like, Nope, Alana, like you're ruining it. If you do that. And I'm like, I don't know. Like this seems a little intense. Like I like to give people the benefit of the doubt. And so I just texted him like, Hey, are we still good for like dinner at seven? And he was like, I was just about to text you. Like I've had a crazy day, but yeah, I can't wait. And yes. And I'm like, yeah, duh. And I sent that to them and I was like, I'm going to like heart it and respond be like, okay, perfect. Like see you there. And they were like, Alana, stop embarrassing yourself. Like literally the girl was like, he does not deserve your warmth. Don't you dare heart it. And the guy was like, stop it. Like, just let it be like, just thumbs up it and don't respond. And I'm like, what? Like, And I recently went back and found that conversation because it was like a three-person group chat, pretty easy to find. And me and Jake looked through it and he's like, if you ever behaved the way they were telling you to, we would never, ever have started dating. Wow. And that's on following your own advice, right? And that's on following your intuition and being true to yourself instead of trying to follow these external rules that who even knows define them? Like, I've never heard of that before. The 11 a.m. confirmation date text. What? Like, that's so random to me, but I'm so happy you ended up following your gut with that too and staying true to what you thought was right. And I think that's the perfect pivot into talking a little bit about your current relationship because we're both in long-term relationships. I've been dating my boyfriend for two years and I think three months. I think it was three months yesterday, two years, three months. And our situation is very unique because we're actually family friends. Our moms met when they were 15. Our dad and his mom went to college together. We kind of grew up together. So it's a very unique scenario, but it's such a beautiful relationship. And we've grown so much together and we live together. You live with your boyfriend, right? Yeah. So I think we can kind of talk a little bit about that, like living with your significant other, but also what you've learned in this relationship and like how this relationship has transformed you. So maybe we can start with that. Yeah. So, okay. Living together. This is actually a pretty like easy answer for me. Um, I haven't learned much, like not much has changed. (laughs) And I think that for me, that's like exactly how I wanted it to be where it just felt very natural. And like, people ask me all the time, like, how do I know when it's time to move in with someone? Like, how do we bring it up? How do I have the conversation? (laughs) And it just happened like so organically for us. I mean, we started talking about it like over a year before moving in together, like just talking about like our leases and what we wanted in the future and what made sense. And, you know, as the past year went on, we moved in together, I guess like three months ago now. Um, we were just spending a lot of time together and, you know, he had four roommates and I had our dog. So he would like sleep over four nights a week. And 
it just felt like, why doesn't, why don't we live together? You know? Yeah. So it just became this very natural progression of like the only thing that changed when he moved in together is like, there was a lot less room for our stuff. (laughs) And I like split the closet and that was tough, but nothing like really changed. There was no big, like, Oh, like we can't stand when the other does this or that. And I really think it's like, you should move in with somebody when it feels like, why aren't we living together? You know, as opposed to like being this huge, crazy, like next step that you're both so nervous for. And it's like, should we, should we not? Um, But it's interesting because my friends who are now married, they say that the bigger transition for them wasn't getting married. It was moving in together. And so I'm like, huh, mm-hmm. well, it didn't even feel like a big like, <laughs> step for me. So I'm like, I guess this is a good thing, but yeah, um, definitely. Yeah. What, I think what for was me, your... it was the same thing. I yeah. mean, I moved to New York, as I said, before we hopped on to record in August of 2021. And then through that false months. So August to December, I was living here. He was living in Florida and we had started to talk about like what was next, right? Like, was I going to stay in New York and he was going to stay in Florida? And then he started talking about masters. He got into a master's in Florida and we were kind of like, is he going to go do this master's? And we're going to be long distance for like two years and a half. What's going to happen? La la la. And then I kind of said, why don't you look for a master's in New York? And so he ended up finding his master's here and deciding to move here in December. So in December, he got in. So I lived in New York by myself for like four or five months. And then he decided to move. And so it was, again, as you said, very organic. It was a part of the conversation like, okay, you're moving to New York. Like, let's find a way to live together. I was able to find a peaceful agreement with my roommate at the time. She was able to find someone to take my spot. And then I moved in with Pedro. And I think that's the best way, as you said, where it's just an organic conversation, but it's also rooted in that commitment and that, okay, we're doing this together. And there's a book called Defining Decade, which is all about your 20s. It's a very good book that I read during quarantine. And there's a section in that book that talks about relationships and like, should you live with your boyfriend, girlfriend, like how that works and what she was saying in the book and she's like a psychologist and it's based off of a lot of different conversations she had with clients she was saying how whenever the move-in process the joint living situation is very intentional and saying okay we're doing this together we're both on board and it's kind of like a mutual decision that's when it works the best but when it's kind of just like the other person slowly starts moving in and slowly leaving their things and then yeah that just like happens that way without a conversation, without a mutual understanding of, okay, we're doing this and this and this and this. That's when it doesn't work out as well. So what I've learned is that communication is key. Yeah, 1000%. Sorry to cut you off, but like, I just got like excited about that. Because that makes sense because when you're doing that, yeah, to your point, you're not communicating. And one person's going to end up building up resentment of like, well, she's staying here all the time. Like she should be paying rent, like, or like helping out with the groceries, whatever it is. Like there's so much that happens behind the scenes that you have to discuss and that you have to be on the same page about. And like, well, what if you do want to spend the day alone and this person's just there? Like if you haven't established like, okay, we live together and like, it's okay for us to be in separate rooms watching our separate shows because that's what we both want to do. Like you're going to feel this unspoken, like pressure and unspoken, like 
almost like need to like do everything with them when maybe you're that's not what you're in the mood for like what if one of you makes plans and doesn't know that the other is planning on just like being around that day like there's so much that changes when you're like intentionally communicating and intentionally yes. making this decision like yes we're in this relationship we're also now going to share your living space and there are going to be days when we don't hang out you know there are going to be days exactly. when we make other plans or when we're just not in the mood to like watch the same show. And yeah. I think that talking about that stuff is so important and especially, yeah, the finance thing. Um, I recently read a stat where it was like maybe like 40 something percent of divorces are because of like money and wow. disagreements and how to spend money. Um, and so I think especially when you start living together, like money and, and your finances is a huge part of the situation and needs to be a huge part of the conversation. Definitely. I think that's so true. And for me, the biggest change in this relationship for me and the biggest area of growth, I think, is that in my current relationship, one of the top best things about it in my eyes is communication. We are so good about addressing things in the moment. If something's bothering us, we're open about it. I don't ever feel like I have to mute myself or filter myself. Like I can speak my truth, honestly. And I feel like the same on the other end. And we're both very receptive and open. And I think that's the key to a healthy relationship is being able to have hard conversations and to speak openly about things like that. Money, how we share the space, fight? plans. Not that much. Not really. Because we're, I think, because we have such good Neither communication. Yep. It like I, I've gotten so many people telling me like, people seem to have this belief of like, fighting is healthy. You need to fight. If you don't fight, your relationship's not real because you're both holding things back. And it's like, I, I think at one point Jake and I almost got into a fight about how I was saying that everyone says we need to fight. Why don't we fight? What's wrong with us? Like, not actually, but like, it became a joke of our first fight was going to be about the fact that we don't fight. And guess what? We've been dating for almost two years and we still have never had a fight. And it's exactly because of everything you just said. Like, if something's bothering us, we say it, we communicate, like we're a team and yes. we don't like hold back. We don't let resentment build up because we just like talk about everything and are able to communicate if something's on our mind. And I think it's such a big misconception that like every couple needs to be fighting. Yeah. And it's so frustrating because it literally for so long, like made me think that there was something wrong with us because we weren't fighting when like, I don't want to be fighting. I'm not a fighting person. I don't fight with my friends. I don't fight with my family. Like that's just not who I am. I like to talk things out and not get to that point. So why should it be any different in my relationship? Yeah. And I think creating that safe space for each other to be able to communicate is really important. And that is what lays the foundation is like, are you openly hearing the other person? Are they openly hearing you? And that's what creates the space in the room for you to feel comfortable to say whatever and to talk about things instead of letting resentment build because I'm a cancer moon in my astrology. And so what that kind of translates to is I'm very sensitive and I feel a lot. So sometimes certain things happen and I'm feeling so many different things that I have the awareness now to be open and say, Hey, I'm, I don't have the words yet to explain what I feel. Give me some time and then I'll be able to express it. Or in the moment, if I'm feeling something and I just need to say it, 
I have more awareness of how can I properly express what's going on in my mind instead of just like blaming him and saying it's all his fault or asking myself, am I contributing to this? Am I projecting maybe? Like, am I saying it's his fault, but like it's something I'm doing too. And having all of that awareness together, I think has helped me be a better communicator and also be a better listener too. Totally. I think it's so important. And, you know, the earlier you can start doing that, the better. And that's another huge reason why like playing these games is so counterproductive. Like, I think the Mm -hmm. reason that in my relationship, I'm able to communicate so openly is because Jake communicated so openly with me literally from the start in a sense of like, right after our first date, he texted me and said, I had a great time and would love to see you again. And I was the most anxious (laughs) dater in the world. And so for me, he didn't even give me the chance to be anxious. He just told me how he felt. And that continued to happen. He kept doing that and showing up for me in that way. And it was so like, it just, I had never felt this way where I just felt comfortable and safe. And Mm -hmm. it made me feel like I could also openly communicate with him because that's, he was setting that precedent. And I think the earlier we can start doing that, people, people are so afraid to do that. It's like, oh, well, I'm putting my cards on the table. Like, what if they don't feel the same way? What if they reject me? It's like, you would so much rather know because you communicating or asking the question or telling them how you feel, that's not going to change their answer. Their answer is going to be their answer. No matter what, you're just giving yourself the opportunity to know what it is. Mm -hmm. And wouldn't you rather know sooner than later? Yeah. And kind of tracing back to what we talked about earlier with me demonstrating commitment and showing up in commitment and that helping me break the pattern that I experienced. And then also tracing back to like my first couple dates with Pedro, the second date we went on, which was four or five days after the first kiss we had, the first date we had, I don't know if it was, I think it was him. He was like, what, like, what is this? Like, what's happen? What's going to happen next? Because I was supposed to go back to my college campus. He was traveling the next day. Like there was a lot that was going to come up that we were both aware of. And I literally said out loud, I was like, I like you. And I'm like down to commit. Like I'm down to try this with you. I, I fully said that out loud in our second date. And then he said, me too. And there then you that go. Day, we literally started dating. We were boyfriend and girlfriend four days after our first date. So it's a very- But you both felt situation. it. Like so felt you it. both felt it. You were on the same page. And guess what? If either of you decided at any point, like, okay, we jumped the gun, like not feeling it. Maybe we need to slow things down. Like that's human and that's okay. But at least yeah. you were communicative and you gave it the chance to work out. Instead of sitting there anxiously being like, oh, like, I really want this to work out. Like, what if he doesn't feel the same way and starting to overthink and drive yourself crazy? And that's how we end up self-sabotaging our situations. So I applaud you. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, it was, I was a little nervous, but I'm happy I said it in in just the ways that it played out. And one thing I want to ask you before we dive into rapid fire questions is, I know you said you don't really like these like dating rules that are put out there, but- do you have a piece of advice that you live by when it comes to like the dating world specifically, or that you've noticed in your conversations about dating is like a repeated learning lesson that has been shared? Yes. And this is something that I love to share. And it's something that my mom taught me and it can apply to your dating life, to your career, to family life, to literally every aspect of life. It's if you don't ask, you don't get. And it also relates to everything we were just saying, like 
we have questions, we have feelings, we, we have needs. And the other person, you cannot expect your crush, your partner to read your mind. You cannot read their mind and they are not a mind reader. And so they might not know that you want them to text you, you know, like you might be sitting there saying, why don't they text me more? Maybe they don't like me. Like they might have no idea that you want them to do this thing. They don't know that you have this need. You need to tell them like, Hey, this might sound weird, but like, I'm a really big texter and like texting super important to me. I'm not sure if you're not a big texter or if like, you're not that interested, but to me, I take a lack of texting as a sign of disinterest. And that gives them the opportunity to show up for you. And if they like you and want to see things through and are committed to trying to make this work, then they have an opportunity to show up for you. And if they're like, oh, like that's a little too much for me, like, sorry, then they were never going to be your person anyway. You have to ask for what you want and you have to express the things that are important to you. Otherwise, the person is literally never going to know and they're not going to get that chance to show up for you in the way that you need. Yeah, that's so huge. I love that. And that's something that I was taught a lot as well growing up by my dad, actually. But it was more so in the sense of if you don't try something or if you don't ask, you'll never know. You'll never know. And the worst that's going to happen is they say no. The worst. Yep. But the best is it's going to play out in a better way for you and for them too. So exactly. Yeah. I love that. And so let's jump into the rapid fire questions to close off the episode. I feel like I could talk for hours with you and this has just flown by. So I'm so excited and I can't wait to continue growing with you and knowing you, but let's jump right in. So the first one is a little similar to the question I just asked, but maybe you'll have a different answer. And it is, do you have a quote or a mantra that you live by? Yeah. If you don't ask, you don't get for sure. Yeah. Yeah. There we go. Okay. Next question is what makes you feel like your higher self, your best self, just like the best version of Alana? Time away from my phone. Yeah. Being present. That's hard to come by. Yeah. I, I've started trying to do two, what I call phone free activities a day. Um, and that could be a workout class that could be going to the dog park and just not being on my phone. That could be coloring or reading or even just sitting there watching a show with my phone in the other room. Um, it completely changes the way that I feel and the way that I'm able to like show up. I completely agree with that. I'm big on phone boundaries. Sometimes it's harder to enforce them or like you forget of the importance of phone free time. But I really appreciate that you said that because no one has ever answered that question with with that answer. So love that. And then the next question is, do you have a book or a few books that you like or that have kind of helped you on your journey that you would recommend to anyone listening? So unfortunately, I really started my reading journey this year. Um, Better late than never. But no, I haven't really dove into like the self-help kind of world, but there are a few books that have made me happy this year. Um, November yeah. 9, The Summer of Christmas, and ooh, what else did I zoom through? Um, Not really a, an uplifting book, but Defending Jacob, great book. <laughs> ooh, I haven't read the last two, but November 9 is such a good one. I love, yeah, love it. Celine Hoover. I'm currently reading Ugly Love. and I just finished <sighs> Ugly Love. It's so good. I'm like- Hot take, not my favorite. Really? Oh my really? God. I'm like very into say it. it. I'm very into Good. it. I love that for you. I love that for you. But yeah, I love all her books. I, I wish I loved it more. It ends with us. It starts with us. Also amazing. 
Love it. Love it. Love it. Okay. Last question is if someone didn't hear any of this conversation and they just heard this part, what's something you'd want them to take away? Oh my God. I love that (laughs) question. Holy shit. I think there's, there's like a gajillion things zooming in my brain right now. I think it's so important to be kind to yourself when dating because we are so easily willing to blame ourselves and to jump to conclusions that there's something wrong with us, that we're unlovable, that we're never going to find our person. And none of those things are true. And I think recognizing that, yes, like you might go on dates with five different people and not a single five of those people are interested in going on a second date with you. That doesn't mean that you're not going to go on a date with a person who's going to want to go on an infinite number of dates with you. Um, It's so easy to think that we're doing something wrong, but you have to remember that you're not going to like everyone that you go on a date with and you're not going to be liked by everyone that you go on a date with and keep going, like stick it out, hang in there. It's worth it. If you're feeling alone, talk to someone, someone else is feeling the exact same way that you are. Don't believe everything you see on social media. Yes. 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 To everything. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast. This has been incredible and so juicy. So I loved it. Can you tell everyone where they can follow you and keep in touch with you and listen to your podcast? Yes. First of all, thank you so, so much for having me. This has been so amazing. You guys can listen to seeing other people wherever you listen to podcasts. You can follow on Instagram at seeing other people or at Alana Dunn. And I'm on TikTok at Alana Dunn. It's I-L-A-N-A-D-U-N-N. Amazing. And I'll have all that in the show notes. So thank you so much. And to everyone listening, thank you so, so much. And I'll see you guys in the next episode. Bye. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.